0: Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Filacci, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. As we continue in this series we created for influence and. You know, last week we started diving in, or we did dive into uh, the reality of humility and that it's in humility that we really begin to discover the influence that God has placed within us. Um, humility is not easy. Who would say, humi- uh, who would say humility is easy? Mark, don't. Who would say humility? <laughs> it's easy. Hopefully nobody. It's difficult. Yeah, we're, we're in the flesh. We are wired to consider self, to take care of self. And so uh, it's important that we know that as we've been reborn and recreated, that there are certain traits that are spirit birthed, because it is the spirit of God. Well, thank you. Okay. (laughs) And Christian is back from the great wide open. Okay. Good to see him. We had Brandon up here. He's, he's back from his smart school stuff. I don't even know what you're taking. (laughs) But he's back. (laughs) hmm but um anyway all right where was I um humility <laughs> it's tough we're gonna learn a little more about it this week because I think it's it's a good reminder about what we are wired uh, to do and be and, and to feel uh, we're wired for a certain mindset once the spirit of God is placed within us uh, it's not that it's not there. It's that we don't give it place. And sometimes we're not aware. Um, sometimes we are. Uh, but it's difficult. But what we saw last week is if Jesus humbled himself and his influence came through his humility, uh, then we would probably uh, probably be uh, wise to uh, check ourselves and to know if we want to influence the world for Jesus, that humility is the platter that we serve it on. And if we look at First Peter 5... Verse 5, we went over this last week. I read it last week, but uh, I want to read it again. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? Yeah. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And so we looked a little bit last week at the reality of clothing, and you're putting it on every day. It's, we make choices as to what we wear. And as a believer, the idea or the, the picture of clothing yourself in humility is this is something you put on every day. It's a reminder to ourselves that, you know what, I need to seek To be humble, even though I may not be in the headspace of humility, there is a burden on me, a healthy burden, to humble myself. Because in that, when it says God exalts you, I mean, God utilizes you, God God raises you up in your lowly status. Because Jesus even said, Those who seek to save their life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it, right? So, humility. We wake up every morning and say, Lord, help me be humble. Now, with humility comes certain mindset shifts. I'm just going to list a few of these. A humble mind has the willingness to perform the lowest and littlest services for Jesus' sake. We're not above any type of work. There's a consciousness of our own inability, I like that, inability to do anything apart from God. There's a willingness to be ignored by men. We don't do it to gain credit or visibility. We just do it because God said, do it. And no one may ever know, but you're okay with it because that's what humility says. That's what humility is okay with. Now, it says this, humility is not so much self-hating or depreciation but it's self forgetfulness and being truly other-centered instead of self-centered. So humility doesn't mean you walk around hating yourself. Okay? Some of us may have that interpretation of humility is just like man, I'm just I'm just no good. I'm worthless. If God died for you, that should speak to your value. He didn't die for worthless people. You have a lot of value, but you find your value in your life, right? In placing him above all things, in placing others above your own needs at times, knowing that you are here to serve the will of the father. And that may require things of you that you may not feel like you want to do, but humility says, I'll do it anyway. You may be called to do things in the shadows that no one will ever see. But you're like, I'm totally okay with that. Because it's about the glory of God, right? It's about his ministry. It's not about me. Now, let's go to Philippians 2, verse 1. Paul breaks this down a little more in terms of what humility produces in terms of mindset. Because humility will produce a new mindset. Do we all agree? He says this, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, he goes, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now watch what he says. Let nothing be done through what? What? Or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, in humility, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Are we seeing a little bit of a mindset shift? If you are in Christ, if you have been moved by his love and mercy, if you have been reborn... He goes, fulfill my joy by being like-minded in these things because they pr- the spirit that we all share produces these characteristics. And he says, esteem others better than yourself. I mean, if we could just be honest, I don't know if that's something you really want to do backflips over because we are wired to consider our needs First right and then the needs of others now i like what he says he goes now look out not only for your own interests so this isn't just being totally neglectful of yourself there is a place for taking care of your needs and praying god praying to god for your needs there is value in being healthy spiritually right understanding where you lack understanding struggles that you have and becoming whole But to complete the process is in taking care of your own interests. You're going to become full as you seek the interests of others. As you look to see what others may need. And I think sometimes church can become very, like, you know, we take in a lot. And that's okay. We need a lot, right? But what we don't understand is that as we take in, what completes the process is as we give also. It's hard to see others' needs if we are self-focused. We are blind at some level to the needs of others when it's all about me, 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 right? Right? So Paul is saying, yes, take care of your own interests, but also be aware to take care and look for the interests of others because in that, we become the family of God. In that, we become the church and operate as the church should function as created by Jesus Christ, right? So humility naturally lends itself to being others-focused and concerned. Now... These few verses, four verses, lead up into verse five, which is what we went over last week. But I want to now read it with these first first four verses intact so we understand more of the impetus behind what Paul was saying about Jesus. So he goes, let this mind be in you, okay, which also was in Christ Jesus, he goes, "'Who, being in the form of God, who was God, did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. He didn't cling to the status, but he made himself of no reputation, but yet still being God, but clothed himself in humility and humanity, taking the form of a slave, a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men to serve, to be others-focused.'" Right. And being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Was the death of the cross in our best interest? Yes. Again, was his crucifixion in our best interest? Yes. Do you see? His death was service to mankind. And God in his love came down and took care of what was the biggest issue with his creation, and that was sin and separation from him. Jesus served the interest of mankind in his humility, and he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross, meaning the worst form of torture known to man. So he's like, so please be like-minded And consider others, esteem others better than yourself. Because this is what Jesus did. Now, what brought Jesus to earth and what put Jesus on the cross? It was love, but in his humility, what he exercised and demonstrated was compassion. It's hard to have true compassion without true humility. See, God is a God of compassion, and we're going to see that a mindset shift that begins to happen as we humble ourselves is that compassion begins to grow. Compassion becomes a huge part of us. Let's look at Lamentations three twenty two. It says, "Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His what? His what? Fail not." They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If we are being conformed to the image of Jesus, and if he humbled himself and exercised compassion, and his exercise reflected the compassion he had for mankind, don't you think that compassion will grow in us as we are conformed into the image of Jesus? Compassion means sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. When we are humbled, when we have a truly spirit-birthed humility, we begin to see the real condition of mankind, don't we? They, other people just aren't annoyances, right? Other people just aren't stumbling blocks. Other people and their issues aren't just reason to complain. We begin to grow in compassion because we see at a deeper level, okay? Let me demonstrate through Jesus' account, through Jesus and what he did in Matthew nine thirty five. I love this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every d- disease among the people. Now watch this. But, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with what? Now we're going to see. For them, because they were what? Wow. He was moved with compassion because he saw their spiritual condition. They were weary and lost, and he was moved. He clothed himself in humanity, in flesh. He walked among us, amongst us. And he was moved by compassion. Wow. And scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Now watch. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why? Because people lack compassion. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Wow. Jesus was not some unfeeling or stoic person. He wasn't impervious to the problems of his creation. He was moved by their spiritual condition. And he says, pray that the Lord send out laborers. So if Jesus, as he influenced and walked amongst us, was moved by compassion, and therefore his influence, and therefore what he accomplished came through humility and compassion, don't you think that in order to be a laborer that compassion might need to be a big component of who we are? (laughs) But when we are prideful and not humble, it is hard to be compassionate because it's all about us. It's all about how they are affecting me, right? Jesus saw the whole world as sinners. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God, and he walked around all people, and everyone was equal in his sight because all had sinned, right? But he was moved with compassion. When's the last time you were moved with compassion? Compassion. It's one thing to be moved by compassion when you see need in other countries and you know, in, in villages you know, in Africa or wherever that need help and these kids need help and these you know, families and these tribes need water and they need real things. Yes, we are capable of compassion. The world is capable of compassion. But it's another thing to have compassion on the heart condition of people. See, humility makes you Stop for a second. All right, Lord, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. They are pushing all my buttons. Mm -hmm. They are this. They are that. The world would be a lot better if they were just eradicated. (laughs) (laughs) But Lord, not my will, but Your will. Be done, right? But through the Spirit, we have been given the ability for humility that leads to compassion. And it's not just for the physical needs of people. It is for the spiritual needs of people. Physical needs are a little easier, wouldn't you say, to see. You know, when someone is struggling, struggling financially or this or that, it's easy to see that and say, all right, I have compassion, let me help. But it's another thing to really perceive each other and recognize that there may be something deeper going on. Especially when it comes to the people that, I don't want to say are your enemies, but that their condition might irk you a little bit. But Jesus came for the spiritual need, right? Do you know that Jesus' ministry was all about the spiritual need? Yes, he took care of physical needs, but ultimately he was taking care of the spiritual need, which was salvation, and reconciliation with our Creator. And in that is life. In that is wholeness. Matthew eleven twenty seven says this. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Now watch what he says. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's speaking metaphorically. Take my yoke up on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Like He is all about the spiritual condition. When he looked out, he was moved with compassion because he saw how weary and tired everyone was. Because they were separated from the goodness of God and even those that were God's chosen people were under the burden of the law. It was heavy. It was heavy. And he's like, I have come to release you from that so your heart, your mind can be at rest. So if Jesus looked out and saw that, Don't you know that we, as we grow in maturity, will look out and see others as Jesus saw? People are tired. They are lost. They are scattered. They are without a shepherd. (laughs) It makes you actually kind of sad when you start to look at it like that, right? They aren't just a person that carries an opinion you don't like. They're a person that is lost and weary And tired and oppressed, right? But it takes compassion to begin to even think and feel like that. You see, notice when Jesus looked out, he was moved with compassion. You see, sometimes compassion starts here. He looked out and saw differently. And then he was moved, right? So sometimes. Humility helps adjust our eyes. When we get it off ourself and begin to look differently, we see differently and then we feel differently, right? But if it's always just about us and our opinion and this and this and this, how this person bothers me and this and this and this and this, how are we going to see, right? So we take care of our own interests and say, Lord, help me in this, please. Lord, I need help, I need healing, I need wisdom so that I can begin to look into the interest for the interest of others, starting here in the body of Christ. I think there's plenty of work to be done right here, right? And as we learn more here, we take compassion out there, but it starts here. Where real, godly, inspired compassion is exercised. Galatians 6. Verse 1, watch what Paul says. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. And he goes on, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we exercise compassion here first. First. I love this verse because he says, if you see another, another brethren within the church caught in sin or stuck in sin, help. Like, help. He goes, consider yourself first, right? Consider yourself that you could be a step away from a burden of entanglement and sin. Consider the grace of Jesus. Consider how he ministers to you. Have compassion on this brother. Instead of immediate, what, judgment and backbiting and gossiping and this and that. He's like, have compassion, right? Help a brother out. He goes, carry each other's, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That means help carry. Because sometimes we, without, if we're not careful, if we see another struggling, we can tend to think about it, judge it, talk about it, but we're not there to say, let me help you through this. Let me help bear this real burden and not judge it, but help you carry it so you don't get ensnared. But do you see, if we are prideful and self-righteous, we don't see it like that. We're not moved with compassion. We're not seeing that person as weary and heavy laden. We could see another person go, I can't believe they're struggling with that. Are they really a Christian? And we just let that judgment out and do nothing. This is why the church, this is where compassion starts. This is where we grow and become healthy, but it's all of us helping bear each other's burdens. But if I am so self-focused, I don't see your burden. I see how you're a burden to me. Right? I think there's probably, you go through conversations. When we start complaining about things in the church, it's all about how they are a burden to me. Their actions and what they do is a burden to me. I don't like that. Right? And we get me, 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 me. Instead of going, Lord, help. We have been called together. Help me see my brethren. Help me see my brothers and sisters differently. So maybe I could help. Maybe I can come alongside them and help encourage them and help them through or offer support, whatever it is. But you're driven by compassion, right? This is why humility is so important. A burden is a heaviness. It's a weight. It's a trouble. And what is behind these words is that we are not meant to carry them alone. But I feel like sometimes, I, I don't I mean, a, a church, a church body could be very void of compassion, and therefore people aren't even willing to share the burden that they're carrying because they're afraid of the judgment that might come along with it this is where we should be sharing it, right? This is where we should be met with compassion and have brothers and sisters come alongside of you and help. But on the flip side, it also takes humility to let people know what you're carrying. But you're not meant to struggle alone, right? So again, is compassion at the forefront of your mind because compassion leads the way for true influence because you are ministering and helping at a spiritual level and when people are helped spiritually when burdens are lifted and carried as a group do you know what that does to the wholeness of a heart of a spirit Woo! sorry See, we're not supposed to just come in and then leave, come in and then leave, come in and then leave, and then go deal on our own. We're supposed to come in and gather, and this is why small groups are important. This is why gathering often is important because it's in the confines of a smaller group where you can begin to be honest and say, I am struggling! Help! And then we respond by having compassion, not judgment. Because watch what Paul says in verse 3. He goes, for if anyone thinks himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceives himself. So he's like, don't be thinking you're something because that person is struggling. Don't be thinking you're Buddha on the mountaintop because this person is having difficulty with their life and with certain sin. He's like, don't be thinking you're anything. You're only saved by grace, remember? You are saved by grace. You are saved by mercy. There is no one... All come short and fall short of the glory of God, right? So we got to get over ourselves first, right? I am here because of the grace of God. I am here because of the grace of God. And a good week, I'm here because of the grace of God. A bad week, I am here because of the grace of God. I am only here by the grace of God. And Lord, you found me. I found you. You changed my life. Now help me see others' needs as you saw my need. And people. But if we're like this, <laughs> I can't believe that. It's <laughs> remember the Tasmanian they were devil? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I never thought about it. Do you see? It's 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 all in plain sight, right? It's right there. But it's a choice. It's a choice. How are you choosing to see others within the body? Because if we can't do it here, how are we going to do it up there? Right? If we can't have compassion for brothers and sisters in here, how are we going to have compassion for people that don't believe the same? How? I don't know. That's why it has to start here. Compassion. Who would say it's a little difficult these days to have compassion with the direction the world is going? You can separate ideology from a human being. You know that? You could be angry at an ideology that they hold to and preach and try to influence culture with. But underneath that, Jesus, as he walked out and saw the multitude, was moved with compassion because he saw how weary and lost they were. Doesn't mean we pat these people on the back and say, good for you for believing that. Thank you for spreading this toxic truth. No. But we see the greater need, don't we? Hmm. So in Colossians 3, 12, he says this. So therefore, as God's Chosen people. Are we God's chosen people? Okay. Now watch how he he defines us again. Holy. Are we holy in and of ourselves? Holy because of the blood of Jesus and the spirit of God within us. And watch this. And dearly what? Is that just for us? (laughs) Is that just for us? I still don't. (laughs) Is that just for us? Okay. So he says, here we go. Clothe yourselves with What? Another clothing item? <laughs> uh-huh? <laughs> Clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. <laughs> I forget that item every day. <laughs> but do you see, at the root of it is a humility that says, I am here for you, Lord. You valued my life enough to humble yourself, to come down, to bear the cross, to die for me so that I could have forgiveness of sins and eternal life and have relationship with you. So Lord, help me humble myself to be able to be compassionate, to be able to be kind and patient and gentle. This is so needed. Wouldn't you agree? It's separating the reality of sin and darkness, being convicted, even sorrowful for what we're seeing, because we are called, we see differently, right? But it's also knowing that we are here for the very ones that are propagating and promoting these ideologies. We're not here to... I feel like a lot of us is like, you're going to get yours. I can't wait until you get yours. Hey, God's in charge of all that, right? But we're here to humble ourselves and to exercise compassion when we are moved as we see differently, right? Does that mean you're going to save everybody you talk to? Absolutely not. But if you can walk away from a conversation... Or a situation and know that I didn't attack, I didn't reduce their value, I didn't put myself in a high and mighty place, but I just was gentle and humble and I compassion and I tried. You're going to feel a lot better, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to win the argument. I want to win. <laughs> Guys, this is how influence comes because I would say the world is pretty void of true compassion at this time. And when I say true compassion, I mean compassion that sees the heart, not the activity. Right? Compassion is gonna shine bright. Does compassion mean you're agreeing? No. No! No! Some of you are so afraid of making I don't want people to think I agree. So what? They don't care. (laughs) they they don't if anything they want you to disagree so they can just berate you and be more mad at you and excuse their hatred as justified so don't give them anything be compassionate it's hard but we're being conformed to the image of Jesus right so come on you all Separate your politics from the person. Because they're people in God's eyes. Not a political party. They are people. Amen. 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 Fun stuff, huh? So good. It's good stuff to think about. Well, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your, oh gosh, thank you for your word and how it just cuts and exposes and Lord, I first of all pray for any in here that, Lord, they just they, their interest right now is just knowing that you love them, that they are valued in your eyes. Lord, I would pray that you take away their shame so that they can begin to share with others about their struggle and the burden. Help them know that the, your grace is made evident through your people. So, Lord, help them today. Help them see themselves differently, help them understand grace and mercy, help them Lord give them a voice give them an ear to speak to Lord I pray for all of us here today that as we hear your word that it doesn't leave here but that we begin to see differently test our thoughts question our motives Lord where we want to curse people Lord where we want to Shame that, Lord, help us stop and pray for wisdom as to how to see people starting here and then moving out into the world that so desperately needs you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your humility. Thank you for your mercy, your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you humbled yourself to the point of death, death on the cross, so that we could all be here today knowing that we are sinful but yet have hope because we are forgiven because you saw our heart condition not our activity so lord we worship you we praise you and we thank you father you're a good god amen you've been listening to applied faith with pastor russ falacci an outreach of christian church of broomfield located in broomfield colorado To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalaci.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.